And just like that, we're back. I know we took a little bit of a break, but we was doing life. And if you don't know what that means, then get your ass outside. <laughs> Me, Isaiah Torian, we just talking episode 24. Fellas, how are y'all doing? Pretty good. I'm good. I'm yeah. good, dude. Get just uh, enjoying. This is like one of the weekends that I didn't have to like do shit. I didn't have to go nowhere. I didn't have to, I didn't have to do anything. Just relaxed. Still enjoying like time off from not working out. I'm getting fat, so I got to get back to it. But <laughs> it's it's been nice, man. Uh, I will say real like real quick, man. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll wait. I'm gonna wait because this is it's kind of funny. Isaiah, how you been? I'm pretty good. Uh, took a took a little four day weekend with the fiance. We uh we did the sensory deprivation pods where you float in the salt water. And fellas, let me just tell you, you better not have no cuts or any kind of irritated skin. Cause that shit will burn like a motherfucker in there, but it it was it was really it was revitalizing. I've never done anything like that before. Uh, she she hasn't either, but I just took that moment to just lay there and kind of float. But your body has to get used to it. So for the first twenty, I felt like I was going to drown because I wasn't sure if if the all that salt water was going to keep me up. But once you kind of find your breathing and everything like that. It's really refreshing. And they had like this little lounge room where they played, you know, weird sounds like, and they had the little Phil Jackson feng shui little sand thing. And I was fucking with it. And then we did that smash room thing, which we let out some aggression, listen to some rockets and rap and really kind of desensitize her and I have both been, you know, a little stressed just getting this wedding planned and, that was a good thing for us to do to kind of reset our bodies, reset our minds and everything like that. But other than that, you know, it's, it's, it's the daily, it's the daily grind. Like always. I feel that. And for anybody listening, the reason we ain't been doing shit is because I'm with another child and with uh, child. Yeah. Third. <laughs> and you know, everything's been fantastic. Like having another, another kid, another baby starting over, uh, made me look at him and look at my wife and look at our family and think to myself, boy, August 14th, whenever I get this vasectomy, we going through it. I'm going to be happy. I uh, love my kids to death, but man, it's uh, going for about four years and then starting over from scratch uh, was a really good refresher that my 33-year-old ass is not compared to my 26, 27-year-old ass. So it's time to close that chapter in the book. Yeah. I ain't Philip Rivers. I will say but, this, man. When you have when you have like your last child, the good thing about having that kid, I should say, like the thing about having multiple kids is when you have like the first one, it's like a learning process, right? You don't no one knows what they're doing when they have a kid for the first time, right? And then you have another one and then you kinda you kind of learned, you know things good and bad and you can take that and apply that towards the next kid but then when you have that third one you're pretty like your parenting is pretty well fine-tuned down to a t (laughs) at that point like you know everything there is to do and i keep hearing too there's no difference in between three and eight i I don't know how that's true (laughs) yeah but 
I wouldn't know because I'm not having any more kids. Yeah, yeah, bro. I'm telling you, I, I'm tapping out of the ring. Um, <laughs> was, yeah, I'm, I'm in the sharpshooter tapping out, screaming. But <laughs> but it's been a while, and you know, I'm, I've been getting actually getting text messages from people asking when we're gonna record again, and uh, it's cool to be back. But first thing, obviously, just brought sprung this on you fellas. When you were younger, doesn't matter if you want to go from when you were like eight, nine, or if you want to go to like middle school, junior high age of being a fresh teenager, when you went to the grocery store with your parents and they told you, go pick out cereal and go pick out something to snack on, what were your first choices? Ooh, man. If there was, like, <laughs> like I mentioned before we got on, there was no budget. No uh, budget. You better give me that cinnamon toast crunch. Straight up, cinnamon toast crunch and chicken chicken and biscuit crackers or some cheesy crackers. I don't know why, but too many of those chicken and biscuit crackers will just be tasting pure salt after a while. <laughs> but though those first 10 to 15 were like heaven and cheeses are just consistent but that cinnamon toast crunch it, it just did something with all that sugar that was on it and everything else that they made made the milk perfect made it drinkable so those are always my my go-to's without a doubt outside of that i don't know everything else is good but those are just those are my top tiers especially at the grocery store t go ahead man so me and Isaiah, me and Isaiah were wick kids growing up, right? Uh, and uh, I remember, and it's like still to this day, I, I will, I'll die on this hill, man. I think Life Brand cereal is the best cereal ever made. Subtly sweet, good flavor. It doesn't get wicked soggy fast. Like doesn't get wicked soggy, like soggy, like really fast. Good crunch, man. I'll still eat that shit. Uh, <laughs> do you catch me on a wild weekend? I eat a whole box of that shit in a day. <laughs> like it's, I don't care. That shit is just fire. And then they don't hit the same anymore. But as a kid, man, anything fucking little Debbie, oatmeal cream yeah. pie, Star yeah. Crunch, Shoot. Cosmic He's- Brownie. Her and I still buy those. She still gets the cosmic brownies. Dude, zebra cakes, <laughs> strawberry shortcake roll, devil's food. Any of those motherfuckers was hitting when you were a kid. Doesn't yeah. matter. Now, now a box of them shits is like ten dollars now. No, so it like, costs too much. It used to be yeah. a it used to be a quarter for for one. I, and I don't really have I, I as you get older, man, like you know like your sense like your sensory shit changes too. So like every now and then you know, you'll you'll deep dive and go for something sweet, but I'm more of a savory guy now. But man, uh, I'm I mean, honestly, too, like snack, like dude, a chip, any like anything besides basic yellow lays. The motherfuckers still to the yeah, it doesn't matter. Basic Not ones; it. those are just for somebody at a event that they you buy those just to buy them to be like I brought chips. But everybody knows the Doritos, the nacho cheese, and the Cool Ranch are going to get ate Dude, up first. And then what's ever left, they'll go to the classics. I will say, too, man, shout out to to Jimbo and Dana Cummings, too, because I remember back in the day, dude, when all the boys would go kick it at Brandon's house after football or whatever. 
dude, we would go in there and like make a sandwich and they put me on to that shit where you get like the lunch meat, you throw the chips on it, you put a little ranch, smash that motherfucker down, bro. That sandwich was <laughs> that shit. Dude, it definitely all made man. do with with yeah, with the chips, any kind of sauce, seasonings we put on the chips. Another one that's a guilty pleasure that I haven't really ate until her and I went to the grocery store yesterday is I found some of those chili ramen noodles. Oh. Yeah, see, they don't have those uh, out. It's hard to find see, them yeah, now. I don't see those very often anymore. They weren't good, like, though. Those were my yeah, favorite. I, those it's, it's very rare that I look at noodles. Yeah, it's, it's very rare that I look at the noodles now, but whenever I do, whenever I have that old-school hankering for some noodles and we're in the store and I look, all I, I see, like, um, I think they have the Oriental in some places, like Crest. Uh, I've yeah, seen that's the blue label, right? And beef. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, like sometimes I'll see shrimp and stuff, but I don't see. I remember back in the day uh, at grocery stores, you would have like it, it felt like a full aisle full of noodles. <laughs> Do you think like man. the disconnect there is like maybe it's because we don't shop at Walmart when we were in Chandler? Like that's all they had was the Walmart, or like you know. Uh, or Williams, Kinnamans, you know, whatever you want to call it. R.I.P. R.I.P. Kinnamans. Um, maybe that's why, dude. Because, like, when you go to Crest, bro, they they got beef and chicken. The end. That's yeah. that's what you get. Yeah. The, cho- the choice now is packet or, or cup. Yep. Yeah. And, the, and especially with, you know, people's obsession with pho and, you know, different types of ramen. Hey, nigga, don't you talk these... about my obsession with pho and ramen. No, no, no. Bro, I, bro, I've I'm seen, saying the I've grocery seen. stores have started to yeah they pivot influx they, of, yeah they pivoted they, hard from, yeah, to that from stuff basic like ones. The, yeah. and, and some of it bro if you go to Costco and you get some of that fire in a, a bowl and you just kind of warm it up real quick it'll hit I mean I ain't a fan of eating it because it's too salty uh, and my yeah. blood pressure will shoot through the roof but <laughs> you're having the meat I'm, sweats eating man, yeah yeah I I get about one of those every three months, but them things do hit. But man, man, my real quick, mine like I go get some cereal and I run. I don't know why, because I love cereal and I feel like you said I was always on a budget, and I felt like I ate a lot of different cereal. But my favorite, I don't know why. Well, I do know why this shit is fucking busting. Uh, Honey Nut Cheerios, nigga. I run in there and grab a big Ooh, box of that. And bro, that's just, just knock it out. That's on the cer- that's on the cereal Mount Rushmore, dog. Yeah. You could really have a conversation about that. Like, what are the yeah. what yeah. are the top four? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, bro, Honey Nut Cheerios and, still bust to this day, bro. Don't matter. Helps yeah. lower your caress- cholesterol. Cholesterol, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But is it every cholesterol as a kid? <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, that ain't no uh, snack wise. I was never a big like like super snacker like that. I mean, I I would get I'd eat a honey bun occasionally, uh, like a lot of the little Debbie snacks and and stuff like that. I was more of a run into the store and get like like if I grab some noodles or something. Uh, I had a because it was super cheap and I was on a budget and like they would tell me when we would go in the grocery store for your snacks if it was summertime you have this much of like twenty forty dollars or whatever. So I go in there and look. And find one of those deals on some Chef Boy RD cans and load the fuck up on them hoes. Yeah, yeah. I, I have enough to bust out a can or two while playing video games in the middle of the night. Go warm it up real quick. Come back. You know what I'm saying? Take a break. Eat. And start playing all over again. I ain't no lie, man. 
Shoot, I don't know why, but you remember Marlon whenever you and I were living together. Our upset yours was what it was cherry, cherry Pepsi. Nah, cherry Dr. Pepper. Cherry Dr. At Pepper. The time. And uh you would you would dabble in some Pepsi, but man, we were God, we were living small town life for real. <laughs> we would always get fucking Mountain Dew. I can't stand man. that shit now. Yeah, I can't yeah. drink that shit now. That shit is gross, <laughs> yeah, it's bro. Terrible now. Yeah, back then, bro, I I used to crush Mountain Dew. I could crush Mountain Dew like crazy. Now it's just I don't know. I occasionally, if I want to be different or something, I'll get like a, a Mount a Mountain Dew Zero sugar, and oh, it's not man. as like sweet as like regular Mountain Dew and stuff. But yeah, if I drink a, another like a regular Mountain Dew right now, just check on me. Call the ambulance because yeah, <laughs> man, no, that shit. You know what? I I I always like Mountain Dew too. I think where I got lost on Mountain Dew, once again, shout out to the boys, uh, Zach. Dude, there was a. I went through a phase for about two years where, like, every Friday night, bro, we would polish off like a handle of Captain Morgan and Mountain Dew, and I'd be so fucking hungover like the next day. All that sugar, bro. Yeah, like once we stopped doing that, I, I just I never ever have walked into a storm. Like, you know what, dude? I'm gonna get this Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm gonna slide and get that Mountain Dew real quick, nah. That's not it. I, I'm. I don't even know if they make Mountain Dew Livewire anymore. That was my no, they favorite don't. one. They yeah, don't because if they did, weird. I might have to dabble more into it. But yeah, yeah. I remember gone. Pitch Black, Code that's, Red. I think Code that's Red. Code Red is still around. Uh, and then what they about had Game a, Fuel? When they did the Game Fuels, those were always uh, good too. I don't think they have those no more. I think it's like blueberry or blastberry or some shit like yeah, that yeah it's like and a then, blue one a pink yeah, one now yeah there's Something two blue like ones that. though one's one's oh. a little bit lighter than, than the other my son drinks them occasionally so that's they bottle that baja blast shit i never liked that bro i never liked my new baja the blast. Baja, I, I liked it blast. i liked it frozen like when we would come home from a night out when we lived in more uh, like that sure. night that uh, we had evan with us and we stopped at that taco bell by the house i would get like a frozen uh baja blast and then were they were I mean it wasn't fantastic but it was it was almost like okay. a slushy. Yeah. yeah, and for some reason I didn't get hangovers uh, off of it. The Bahal blush, man. <laughs> man, man, man. But fellas, besides that, uh, we've been in the off season for NFL and NBA. Anything pop out or anything that y'all want to talk about uh, that y'all have seen? Maybe a tweet or. Maybe a story on ESPN or Bleacher Report where it's just saying like so and so looks like this or whatever. Uh, yeah, I would say. Ones. Yeah, there has been a couple, but T, I'll let you go first. I had some stuff on my mind. I would say the fact, like, listen, like I think that I, th- I still think Melvin Gordon's a dumbass, but <laughs> he said something that I find to be very, very true. The NFL. Does they there's like this thing, and I understand from a business aspect where these NFL owners and GMs are coming from, but the running back position to me is one of the most valuable positions in the sport. And those dudes get dogged really fucking hard, man. There's got to be like something that's got to change where these guys can get more more of a guarantee over these short-term contracts because these dudes get fucked. Austin Eckler also came out. The other day, he said it pisses me off that, you know, backup wide receivers or second 
like the second wide receiver options on teams make more money than me. That's true. There's four guys right now who are currently free agents who over the last couple of seasons have scored 110 touchdowns and none of them have jobs. That's insane to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, but then that, but then that comes back on like their agency. They got to do a better job negotiating. Yeah. Uh, whoever Kenny Galladay's agent is, <laughs> shout out to him because <laughs> and Kirk Cousins, yeah, his his uh, Kirk management team, yeah, they his agent. They need to they needed a party every day because Kirk got the bag last year. I was like, well, for one Shit. year, he's getting this much. Shit, Kirkland Cousins got in the bag every year since about 2016. <laughs> yeah. You ain't wrong. Yeah, he's and been, you and you like that. I'll tell yeah. you that right now, yeah. especially after watching. I don't know if y'all watched the uh, that new Netflix series of, called Quarterback, where it followed Mariota, Cousins, and Patrick Mahomes. Bro, they got stupid money, except for Marcus. I mean, like Marcus Mariota had a nice house. Kirk Cousins got like three houses that he just <laughs> goes to throughout the season, and Patrick Mahomes is living in a baller ass mansion. And then he was like, I, I bought this plot of land so I could build, <laughs> you know, my family and everything. And his house now is huge. You know what I think Marcus Mariota's problem always was is he just had the rotten luck of going to a bad organization. That's yeah. what it was. But I think you can also look at it as look at what Ryan Tannehill did after. He got Ryan Tannehill had one good fucking year, and that was the year he replaced him. Other well, than that, he's they like made the playoffs. So been he's in the playoff hunt. Yeah, off Derrick Henry's legs, though it wasn't yeah, Ryan Tannehill. I was gonna say, I think Marcus, Marcus Mariota may have made the playoffs <laughs> once, and then they were always usually in the hunt. He, their issue in in regular season would always be he would they would be looking really good, and then he'd get hurt. Yeah, and then he does have a, yeah. a history of that. You feel Dude, bad the, for him after watching the, that series, though. You're like the God, best man. spot that he was in was with the Raiders. Yeah. Because once once he left, he got behind. Say what you want about Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is. A, I think he's a good player. Once again, though, good player, bad organization. But he thugged it out for a long time. Marcus Mariota would come in when Derek Carr was injured and played very well. Yep, he played well enough where he could go sign a one year deal with another team or a two year deal. I don't remember what he signed with Atlanta, but I think it was a one. Yeah, he got, but he, he goes to Eagles. a terrible organization. I think like he had they're, about they're just before he got benched or a game. They're just not him. good, man. They're the NFC really South as a division isn't good, but they're the worst team in that division, and it's just. Oh, it's gonna be funny. Is they're gonna start Desmond Ritter, and he's not gonna be very fucking good either. So you know. I think they like the upside of a rookie versus a guy that's been in the league for. I could see Atlanta tanking for Caleb Williams. Like that's. There's a few teams that I'm looking at tanking to get him. Yeah, for real. Regardless of how good or bad uh, Mariota was this past year, the rest of the team was so bad it didn't matter. Like their their bright spot. They're they're like a, a early 2000s team where. They couldn't throw the fucking ball, but they could run the fuck out of the ball. Cordero Patterson and 
Algier. Algier. Yeah, they were they were balling. Then they go out and get Bijan Robinson. I don't now teams now teams are going to load nine in the box to go get (laughs) fucking Bijan Robinson. But they, you know, they have a young-ish, promising receiving core, but you just don't know how Desmond Ritter is going to fare. Talented, yeah, but yeah. no one's going to be able to get him the ball. So good luck. I don't. Yeah. I don't think nobody can get him the ball, and I don't think uh, any of their receivers have enough to get any separation. They're more like yeah. I, I don't think Kyle Pitts has the speed to get open. Uh, he he. I, I think he'll be better when, when he stays healthy. But like Drake, he's, London, he's. I think he's the. Uh, to be honest with you, I think Kyle Pitts is the only one who I could see getting open because he's such a mismatch for who he lines yeah. up with. Yeah, but. Drake London's a possession receiver. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to burn you. Left. Yeah, and then Calvin okay. Ridley's gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're just What's yeah, they're not idiots for that. Yeah, they, need, they need somebody to take the top off. But T, back to your original point about the running back position. I've been thinking about that all week because I've seen the headlines and stuff, and it's crazy that to me personally, I feel the rules of the NFL is why the running back position got devalued and then the media ran with it. Well, why are you why are you wanting a big running back or a good a good running back for that long whenever you they're doing nothing but, you know, catching a bat uh catching something out of the backfield or a dump off pass, you can get somebody in the 7th round every other year to do that and it's just kind of like, man, cuz before if a receiver could get his fucking shit rocked or a quarterback could get their shit rocked, they weren't throwing the ball as much. So the position was needed because they had to run the ball. They weren't trying to uh, expose receivers and quarterbacks to get that kind of damage on them. And they were just like, we hey, all, run it back. Maybe it's my old school way of thinking, but we all played football. And I have always understood that for forever, the run sets up the pass. Yep. That is what that is, what that is designed to do. Nickel and dime throw the ball on a big play. But, like, the game has changed so much where you have teams that operate primarily in the shotgun. And it's weird. Like, they, I, th- I think that it's the way, like you said, the way the game has changed to protect skill players and quarterbacks that you can't – I mean, you can't contact them. Like, you can't make contact with them at all. So, it's – now it's – teams throw the ball and it sets up the run rpos are now a thing and i i still dis i still disagree that like in the sense that like the running back position is is extremely undervalued because there's there's running backs who have a skill set of a wide receiver too you know christian mccaffrey austin eckler uh we oh, see really say you really Saquon and he, he's a bigger body. Saquon, DeAndre yeah. Swift, yeah. those are all guys who I mean, you could make the argument those guys could line up in the slot and fucking put a hurting on on Nichols in coverage. Like it it's just uh and you know, some of those guys too, they're they're getting older up there. Like it all it all goes back to where like it's like uh when Devontae Freeman signed that big deal, then Gurley signed a big deal. Then the Cowboys blew those deals out of the water by giving Zeke $90 million. And then and his fucking Le'Veon. yards per carry just dropped off the face of the planet. Le'Veon Bell's a different thing, dude. Le'Veon Bell, I think, 
had he signed that deal with Pittsburgh, he would still be one of the best running backs. Like yeah. he, he was, he was built for it, yeah. but he took a year off and then signed the same fucking deal that Pittsburgh offered him with a far yeah. worse team in the jets Yeah, and was out of football. Like yeah, it, the next like three, four years, man. I, yeah. It's weird because you also see not even necessarily steals, but running backs that get drafted in the later rounds that run for a thousand or running backs that, you know, are serviceable. That and teams teams with uh, good offensive lines kind of they they boost up a value of a an average ass running back and that running back then goes on the market and get his money is so big mm-hmm. that it resets the market. Cause you look at it like like the Cowboys just blew like they gave Zeke a big uh, dollar contract and they replaced him with Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard looks electric. Yeah. Like all running backs have since 2000 with Dallas really yeah. even before that, <laughs> even any before running that, back yeah. in place for yeah. Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Who is the most average great. one? Marion Barber. Maybe. maybe. Back I mean, then they before they, before they really started building up their offensive lines. Yeah. He might've been the last one, but I think about, uh, I think about Darren McFadden, who is on the last legs of his career, finishing third in the NFL and rushing with Dallas. Yeah. And then I think about DeMarco Murray, the one year that he played extremely well. He set Dallas's single-season rushing record, then signed with Philly, didn't do shit, got cut, then signed with Tennessee, didn't do shit, got cut again, and now he's out of the league. Dallas is one of those teams that – yeah, I mean, they unless it's like a – yeah, and now and now another one unrelated to running backs like Pat Mahomes has blown up the quarterback market signing that bullshit team-friendly deal where now teams are forced to pay like like now quarterbacks are forced to sign team-friendly deals now in order to compete with the fucking Chiefs. Pat did one of those things like he said in that documentary he's like it was never about he's like once I won a Super Bowl at that point, it wasn't about money. Like I knew I was going to make money. It's about winning now. You know, he wants to cement his legacy. So now there's going to be dudes like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. The only one who's the outlier is Lamar Jackson. He said, yeah, "Fuck that! Like, I'm trying to get paid. I'm getting, give me my bag." <laughs> he said, "Tell him to bring me my money." Well, Big especially, bills. but I think Patrick Mahomes also followed suit with Tom Brady. Tom Brady oh, yeah. did that his entire career. He just wanted really to, to make lesser, sure that to a lesser yeah, extent, so to pay. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. But like now, you know, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see what some of those other quarterbacks do moving forward because you got a choice. Do you want to win or do you want to get paid? And, and they're all going to get paid. Like, yes, you know, they're all going to get paid regardless. But you got finesse God, Kirk Cousins. Out there, yeah. securing securing the bag to be uh, mediocre. Really, Ryan Tannehill is also on that finesse god type shit. He signed oh, two ninety million dollar contracts. I think each deal was like four years. Yeah, for like yeah. ninety ninety five. What? what and let's happen, be real; man? those are those are team friendly deals too that yeah. he took. Yes, and they still uh, ain't one shit. Right. Yeah. What What they needs to happen? It. What needs to happen to be like to reset everything for the quarterback position is now that. Lamar got the bag. He's got a ball out. He can't have no slip up. He can't come back this year and not lead them to the playoffs or anything so that the media takes it, spins it, says that he's a selfish motherfucker that 
got his money and now his his talent like why did he get paid blah 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 uh he has to ball the fuck out because like kyler got the bag after his rookie of the year performance and everybody was like dude kyler's gonna be he's gonna be solid in the nfl and he's been shit he got it he got some money and then stories start coming out for oh he doesn't study and shit which i don't think he does i think he's always played off concerns yeah yeah but it's because he he got the bag he wasn't performing and they were like well we're gonna get this motherfucker out hey kyler if you want to come back and sign a big contract you have to take a team-friendly deal if you don't we'll just get one from kirk cousins i got a wild thought for you (laughs) you know what i think's gonna happen don't now don't hold me to this but if i were a betting man Kyler Murray doesn't play in a Cardinals uniform next year. Like after I don't think this he will. Season? After it, this season, he's not going to be he's not going to be in Arizona anymore. I think he's going to end up. Man, I really think he's going to end up in. Five, if Atlanta doesn't tank for Caleb Williams, they they're going to trade. They're going to they're going to send some picks to the Cardinals and get Kyler Murray, and then Caleb Williams will end up in fucking Glendale playing yeah, for the Cardinals. Yeah. K1 will probably get moved. If I had to guess, I would look at someone like Tennessee or – well, they just – no, because they just drafted fucking Will Levis. Uh, that motherfucker's <laughs> ass, dude. He's <laughs> terrible. Hey, I'm, just saying, terrible. I'm just saying they sent it. They they already picked it. I mean, I could see maybe Tennessee, but I could also see someone like like Atlanta. Houston. Who's, who, well, nah. Uh, it, the reason I say Atlanta is because, like, what we were just talking about, Desmond Ritter – Blah blah blah, and they they do they can run the ball. They're looking at it as well. If we get K one and he's as solid as we think he is, then we'll be a little bit better because we have Kyle Pitts, we have Drake London. Maybe we need a speedy speedy uh, receiver and free agency, and then K one, and we're good. I can I can see that thought, but when you're giving up 85 points a week, it doesn't really matter, Atlanta. No, (laughs) and I think Houston did a good job of drafting defense. So if they still don't win games. To me, Houston seems like the most viable option if they don't trade something or somebody for Caleb Williams to end up there. That's and just my opinion. That it depends though, because you got to think who's in Houston. They just drafted. They just got Stroud. Yeah, CJ Stroud. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So he would have to come out and just be so god awful that they already are thinking about it. Right I don't think now. they start him. They're probably going to start. Yeah, this this might have uh, been the worst year for quarterbacks in a draft in recent memory. Probably nah, in the, the last, last two four years. or five years. Last yeah. two years together, because because uh, who came out last year? Pickett and Malik Willis, and yeah, that's pretty bad. And Sam Desmond Howell. Ritter and Sam yeah. Howell. So hey that, man, hold up, man, hold worst. up. I think Sam Howell's on Cook this year, dude. Nah, hell no. Where is he playing? Wait, is he in? Uh, is he in Washington? He's in Washington. Yeah. Hell no. Nah. All and, right, uh, when that motherfucker throws for forty three hundred yards and thirty man, touchdowns this year, man, look, they gonna put a fucking Heineke back in. Listen, listen, I don't, oh, no, I don't really gone. buy, I don't buy into the hype, right? Behind, like behind him, but all the players, like the skill players for Washington, they're like, bro, Sam Howell's nice. I have not heard them say that shit about Carson Wentz. Oh, and Brock or Heineke. <laughs> They, you know they I mean? only like, like they only liked Heineke because he was passionate. Yeah, like the, the players, he's a locker room guy. Yeah, they yeah. Didn't, they didn't think he was a pussy like Carson Wentz was. And no, yeah. no disrespect, no disrespect, Carson. Wentz. I, I still All feel bad disrespect. for Carson Wentz, man. All the talented balls fucked everything up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had a bad attitude about them drafting Jalen Hurts, and then he went to the Super Bowl. So yeah, 
Hey, low key, and I seen this, and I was like, I was like, obviously, I still have to be shown, and it's it's super biased, but I seen Pro Football Focus graded uh, Kenny Pickett's numbers after his first few starts, his first seven starts versus his last seven starts. Mm-hmm. Passing grade and P, like Pro Football Focus, he was ranked number one uh, for with an eighty-eight point nine percent big time throw rank. He was second in the league. Uh, from weeks 12 through 18, and then turnover-worthy plays, just 1.1. So if my man can just come out here and throw for 3,500 yards yeah, he and got in his maybe groove, 20 touchdowns sure. and shit, you know what I'm saying? I feel very happy. I don't think we're going to win a Super Bowl, but I do like the traje- trajectory of Pittsburgh as compared to the last three years where everyone was getting old. We had the Le'Veon saga, the Antonio Brown saga, Marquise Pouncey retired, DeCastro got hurt and retired, Stephon Tuitt had to retire. Like every one of our big-time players besides Cameron Hayward and TJ Watt started retiring. So you know, I'm Bush a lot trash, more happy. You know, he, I, don't, I don't think Devin Bush was – I don't think he's trash. I think he's going to be a lot better in Seattle. The issue mm-hmm. with Devin Bush is the division. We like it's super physical, and if one of the teams can run the ball up the middle on you, that's what they're gonna do. And I don't think Devin Bush is that linebacker that can come fill the hole consistently. Very athletic. He's not very big. Yeah, I mean he's not a very big interior linebacker. Athletic. He's fast, but yeah, he's not. If if he was that, if he's in a a a solid system and he can say like will linebacker, I think he would be. He would eat. Because he can cover, he can cover backs, he can cover uh, tight ends to an extent. Uh, he made a bunch of splash plays and stuff. He just struggled stopping the run. That's his biggest, and it wasn't just him. It's also our D line, uh, D line after losing Stephon to it uh, on the other side, we couldn't keep people off of him. So he was getting double and triple teamed, and yeah, I will say yeah, one of the funniest better. things that I witnessed so far during the free agency. And the off season was, can we just talk about Kadarius Tony getting on IG live and talking shit about the whole Giants organization and being like they wanted me in KC, so I'm gonna hold it down. But all you can see was his grill. That's the most ghetto shit I've seen. In the <laughs> uh, Kadarius Tony sounds saying when he spoke, he sounds like he can't read. There's a lot of niggas in the league that sound like that. He might not be able to read. I was like. We just had we just seen a dude from from the the old town that posted some shit on Facebook and it don't even look like he can write and homie's thirty two years old so Oof, it's the most incoherent know. stuff I've ever seen. God. Oh shit! Yeah. What else happened? Other than that, man, I Joe Mixon I mean, signs oh, yeah. a team friendly deal. Yeah, he had to. They were yeah. I was gonna say he had to do that because if he didn't, they were gonna cut him. Yeah, he was on the cusp. Yeah, he's, his, he was about to be in career was, purgatory. Yeah, yep, and his yeah, because his market was because they were looking to trade him, um, and then nobody wanted his his ass, and they were like, "Well, they didn't want the baggage that came with it too." Well, they, yeah, they were like, they said, told him either you can resign a team friendly deal to give us some more cap, or we're gonna cut you, and you can take this check to the yeah. bank, and this is the last one you're gonna get. What would they have done though? Because they lost P Ryan too in the off season. Yeah. So who is it? Carrington Evans or something? Their third string running back. And they didn't oh, draft no. a running back, nope. so it's like, mm. well, I mean, I'm sure they would have signed Zeke, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. They got 
Fournette would have been a lot better option than Zeke. I mean, Dude, yeah, I really also talk won. about the fact that he hasn't been signed, nor has DeAndre Hopkins. That's weird. Uh, D-Hops, I think, is different. I think D-Hops is he hasn't made a decision. He's probably no. gotten offers. Dalvin Cook hasn't been signed yet, but yeah. I think Dalvin Cook's going to end up signing with Miami. They, they're, they're, they're like holding on to it, but I he's already got multiple offers yeah. on the table. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. You mean to tell me you're gonna keep Miles Gaskin or fucking no, they just Mostert or any of those goons over him? Who'd they draft? Uh, Devin a chain a cane from Nah, and... buddy. I'm I'm taking Dalvin Cook over him all day. <laughs> I mean, I can see them possibly cutting like Jeff Wilson and Miles Gaskin, and then leaving Mostert because Jeff Wilson played good, but he also had a fumbling issue. And in a two-back system like that, he doesn't he doesn't really offer that much of a change of pace. He's a very in between the t- in between the tackles type of guy. And you need y- y'all should tank and get Caleb Williams. Oh yeah, <laughs> low key. <laughs> Mike low key McDaniel did. would be out of a job, bro. And then we would yeah, look no. like the 2006 Dolphins again. Bro, he'd get fired on probably if y'all start off and start getting clapped. He might get fired in week eight, week nine. Yeah. I don't let's, know why I feel that. We're way, back to yeah. square one. Let's talk about that division though. That's a tough division to play in. I, it is a very, it is a very, it is. I think it's the toughest in the uh, Pats on AFC. paper, the worst team in that division. Actually, yeah, actually, no. I think y'all. I think T. I think y'all's division is the the, the toughest. The issue with that division is two teams are media friendly and i just want to see how good are they going to be i know the jets are going to be better i know they're going to be better because they have it they should be but they were there last year they just their quarterback play was just yeah and and we know that they've done something to improve that with the dolphins the one thing that i've said is what made y'all better because everyone knew you guys were solid everywhere else except for quarterbacks nothing changed so why would i think that they're gonna run like i've seen people predicting the dolphins going like 12 and or not 12 but like uh like 14 and 3 and shit or 13 and 4 and i'm like that's "Ah." a definite overreach i could say 10 and 7 only because the thing that brian flores was great at is we had a really good defense whenever he was there. Mike McDaniel was like, I don't give a shit about defense. <laughs> he said, we're going to probably score 28 to 35 points a game. And that's all we need to do. Because the defense, especially at the in the secondary, was god-awful. We have decent to big names on the defensive line. but to me, I think Miami's defense up. is good. I now, think their I defense think is. is solid. So yeah, they I mean, have you add Jalen now that are healthy. You got to think last year, Xavier Howard was nursing an injury all season. Um, the other starting corner like got injured week three. Javon Holland and Xavier Howard were the only secondary members that you can name off the top of your head that still played good ball. Yep. And then if you watch those games, it's like, dude, they're getting burnt. The other the rookie corner or you know the secondary guy that they picked up in free agency in like week seven. So a lot of their problems were definitely big plays, you know, and as far as the defense goes, I mean, getting David Long, he's not a huge name, but he's a good enough name. And getting Jalen Ramsey alone is going to be like, all right, now he's in year eight or nine. Is he taking a step back? Did it, Is that a – it depends. Yeah. He's back in Florida, bro. If he gets, I'm telling you, if he gets sassy back on the yeah. – oh, you seen what happened to him, y'all might win the Super that Bowl. That is true. 
That is very true. But I definitely think that we're only going to go as far as Tua's health in our secondary will go. I think everything else looks pretty solid. It's, and getting a new D coordinator helps, but yeah. Yes. I, y'all's I no y'all's idea. division to me is so hard because again, pause. I've seen people picking the Bills to get thirteen wins. I've seen people saying that the Patriots are gonna go like ten and seven or eleven and six. I've seen the same for y'all. And then I've seen people say the Jets are gonna get thirteen wins. And I'm like, look guys, yeah. math does not work this way to where everybody in that division can be that good. Yeah. And also I think that Y'all are going to beat the fuck out of each other because of yeah, y'all's absolutely. defenses are going to keep each other in the game. So it's, it's a very be, week to week basis. Yeah, whether you and, can win twelve games as, or you win eight games. Yes, and as good as y'all's like at like for instance, if you look at the Bills, as good as Josh Allen is, as good as Josh Allen is, he still does shit that loses games. He'll throw picks whenever he needs to if he's not comfortable. Y'all's division is going to make it very uncomfortable for him. When you look at Mac Jones for the Patriots, you don't know what you're going to get. Is he going to be rookie Mac Jones? Is he going to be last year Mac Jones? Like, what is he going to be? Yeah. Same thing with Tua. And then with Aaron, I, I – anyways, with uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's not Aaron Rodgers from five years ago. He's still no. very good, but he's older. I don't think that he is as good as I think his patience is almost completely gone. Yeah, he stu- like... he started missing throws. He started his accuracy. You could tell it's not a huge drop. It's a small drop, but he's not going to escape the pocket. He's not going to put everything exactly where it needs to be. Like I remember Aaron Rodgers from yeah. late. Them giving up. Yeah, Jets giving up a bunch of shit to get Aaron Rodgers at the, in the twilight of his career is like they're like in win now mode. It's like yes. a desperate, like, dude, we got to do something right yes. here, right now I, to win, because if not, we're fucked. Yeah, they're the the like degree of difficulty in that division is really tough because if you start out slow, you're probably number four in the division fast mm-hmm. because yeah. everybody's just so good. So I could see anybody slipping up. I could see the Jets slipping up. I could see the Dolphins slipping up. I can see a lot of teams, and it it comes down to probably quarterback play or not i i ain't even gonna say quarterback play what teams make the uh, least amount of mistakes whoever makes the least amount of mistakes is gonna win and it could be a very because josh allen started playing like shit towards the end (laughs) so you're like man he might when it's it's not even just at the it's just when you make him uncomfortable if you if you watch him and i had to well, i didn't have to but i watched him because i had stefan diggs in fantasy in every league i was in last year so i would yeah. flip to the bills game when he starts the game out and he's able to hit just a bunch of in, like put in rhythm throws where he's just throwing uh, a curl route or whatever and he feel, st- like feels good he has no pressure on him he looks mm-hmm. like a world beater but as soon as you consistently get pressure interrupt his rhythm he to me this sounds bad and i've said stuff like this since he was drafted i sound like i feel like colin cowherd but <laughs> in the elite of quarterbacks he is the person that i feel like fucks up the most whenever you mm-hmm. look at like elite talent like like him and Mahomes and Herb and like those kinds Burrow, of guys. I feel yeah. like yeah, Burrow. I feel like Josh Allen makes the most mistakes in those situations compared to the rest of the rest of uh elite quarterbacks. And he he shows that he feels guy. pressure more than anybody else. And that Minnesota game alone, you could be like, Dear God, what the hell were you like Yeah. 
the, well, the and, Cincinnati game. Yeah, that game. Wait, did they play Cincinnati in the playoffs? Yes, in the snow. Yeah, and the, yeah, and they got smashed, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is they it reminded him. me of like Russell Wilson those last couple playoff appearances he had in Seattle. It's like, man, this dude's playing on MVP level. He's playing great, and then from week twelve to the divisional round, if they get a bye or if they have to play in the wild card, just doesn't show up. He's non-existent. Yeah. One. And because of his numbers, because he does run the ball, and he is probably about 85% of the – he's 85% offense. of the offense uh, based on numbers. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the reasons they don't win the game is because of him. And honestly, this is my hot take for the week or maybe month. Okay. Josh Allen is the AFC version of Dakota that, Rain Prescott. I was because, like, <laughs> yeah, puts up hella good numbers and whatnot, but he gets to the game and he chokes. The one time he didn't choke – was whenever Pat Mahomes just went and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill went God mode. Yeah, he played fantastic that that game, but that's just one occurrence. So, and Dak but at the same time, so. at the same time, didn't uh oh no, the Chiefs started out with the ball. My apologies. I was like, did they have the ball and like punt and then the Chiefs? Nah, down and he scored, didn't. He didn't no. get the ball back. The Chiefs defense mm-hmm. that year too was so fucking bad that every quarterback they played just was just. Torch crushed him. Yeah, I still don't think the Chiefs' defense is good. I think they make plays at incredible times. Yes, yes. They just have incredible timing with defensive playmakers. Like it's uh, which, if you have Mahomes at quarterback, that's really all. That's all you have to do. Yeah, Yeah. they're the they're the NFL version of OU OU football. They have uh, one guy on their defense to me who I think is really good, and that's Chris Jones. I mean, well, no, I'm look, I'm lying. Uh, What's what's the linebacker's name? Nick Bolton. Yeah, Yeah. that kid. That kid's really fucking good. Yeah, he started extremely talented. Um, but. I listen, man. I think the Chiefs are the odds-on favorite to come out of the AFC, but I really like them getting pushed this year. I mean, honestly, I, I we're a dark horse team, dude. Honestly, especially in that division, but I really like us this year. Everyone comes back healthy. We got Eric Kendricks, drafted Quentin Johnson. They already came out this past week and said Quentin, Quentin Johnson has secured his starting spot on the team. So when we line up, dude, you're going to have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnson. Yeah, Eckler came back. Jaylen I swear to God, man, if, if we sign Jalen Guyton came back, mm-hmm. he re-signed. Still got, still got all those guys, Josh Palmer. It's, it's one of those things, man. Like I feel like if we just got somebody who could run between the tackles consistently, i.e. fucking Leonard Fournette, Maybe Zeke. If we could get one of those guys in on a team-friendly deal where we could consistently run for three or four yards a carry every fucking time we line up to run it, I think we could push them really hard because defensively I think we're better. We lost one of our – you know, we lost uh, we lost a starting middle linebacker, uh, Drew Tranquil. He signed with the fucking Chiefs, Judas, but <laughs> – we still have uh, we still have uh, Kenneth Murray, and then like I said, getting Eric Kendricks over from Minnesota, who to me is a better linebacker than Drew Tranquil. I say that respectfully. I think we can push them. Still got Bosa. Still got Khalil Mack. Still got uh, 
Joseph Day, you know, we, I, dude, I think, I think we're going to cause them problems as long as we can stay healthy. That's like the biggest thing for the Chargers is they're just never healthy, man. Like they just, we play the Chiefs tough every fucking game. They've never, they have not beat our ass like bad in a game in like a, several years. But man, it's just tough. You said like the AFC West is one of the toughest divisions. I don't know, man. I think it's just because that division has to play the Chiefs twice a year. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's just it's rough. I don't I don't even think Jimmy G's gonna end up with Oakland. If he doesn't pass his physical, he's not gonna be there. Hold on now. Uh, oh Vegas. yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I, I just I don't I just don't know what's gonna happen with that. I think that. Russell Wilson's going to be a lot better with Sean Payton and running running the offensive scheme that he's going to bring to the table there. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not sold on the Broncos doing much. I think they're going to be better certainly, but I'll give them 9 I, or 10. I'll give them 9 I, or 10. I the I think the reason I think y'all's is is because even when cuz it's been like this for a while where the Chiefs and the Chargers are the teams from the division that go to the playoffs, but consistently, but it's it's always hard to go play in Denver, and the Raiders, regardless of where they are and how crazy their fans are, they usually play teams really really tough. So that, that I think that's why, because it's it's one of those where, like you said, you play the Chiefs twice a year, but it's every division game usually y'all are gonna win. But it, it's just I don't know. I could see a couple of things going right for Denver and them being better than the. The Broncos, to me, are similar to the Jets. And the Broncos are looked at as a nine-win team, and the Jets are looked at as a 14-win team. And it's Which like, is wild. Yeah, it's like there's not <laughs> yeah. much difference there. Like the, the Broncos' defense is going to be really good, too, because just like uh, the Jets have, what, Sauce Gardner, they have uh, Patrick Sartain, who's pretty solid. Yeah. And, yeah, they're just, it's just fucking Denver. So they'll be solid. Um, the Raiders will be solid. Obviously, y'all and, and the Chiefs will be solid. I think I'm the sure. Raiders just cause a mismatch for teams like the Chiefs because they run the ball extremely well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they control the clock. And that's you can't stop Devontae. You know, you, can, you know, I, I, yeah. I watched it I watched it happen last year because the Raiders played the Chiefs tough twice last mm-hmm. year and those were games where like, you know, Josh Jacobs ran for like two hundred fucking yards. And the time of possession was such a ridiculous, you know, discrepancy between the two teams. The problem is, is like, I think what affects the Chiefs most is when you, like, when you mess up their timing. Yep. Yeah. Because they score fast. Like, that's the thing. They always score fast. But if they don't have the ball, they can't score. You know what I mean? So those teams that are able to just grind them down for the entirety of the game. Those are the teams that play them close. Yeah, and also, too, something that you pointed out in their Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers was, man, if you just keep making Patrick Mahomes have to make plays and run for his life and get a really solid pass rush, rush I think that's a – I will never never stand for Kansas City, but I will say in that Super Bowl, they lost three or four of their starting offensive linemen and Pat Mahomes was playing on a bum leg. Yep. So, you know what I mean? Like, if the Chiefs would have gone in there healthy, had not lost their offensive line, I think that game is a lot different. Very easily could have turned out different. 
Yeah. Yep. Tom Brady would probably have six and not seven. And wait, he has he has seven, seven. Super Bowl rings, right? Yeah, he has seven. Yeah. He would have he would have six, not seven, and Pat Mahomes would have two. Already. Well, no, he, he already have, does have two. Or three, yeah, excuse yeah, me. He would have three. Already. Yeah, so his only legit loss would have been to Joe Burrow last two years ago. Yeah, for the yeah. AFC championship. And the AFC game. championship. Yeah, he's played in the AFC championship game for the what the last five, four years, right? No, it's longer. Dude, than I'm. What? No, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say because they lost to uh, they lost to Tom Brady when he was still in New England in the mm-hmm. AFC championship. Then they went to the Super Bowl and won it. Then they went to the Super Bowl again and lost. Oh, so like, yeah, last four years of there. Yeah. In an alternate universe, Pat Mahomes could probably have four Super Bowls right now. Which is because fucking that, wild. That fucking that because that Super Bowl game against the Pats was also there. There were some, and this happens all the time, right? But there were some missed calls, um, during that too. Like they called D Ford for being offsides, but then they didn't call the Pats for jumping offsides on a play too. Which that fuck, dude. Then then then, like if you think about that, dude, then you get into a whole other thing where you talk about refs. And how their fuck ups do dramatically change the course of games. Yeah, especially they like you said they fuck up all the time. But when you fuck up at the craziest level. point in a game, not even at the highest level, just at a certain point in the game, and that Dude. like a fuck up that makes or breaks games. So it's it's like the no call in the was it the Saints and the Rams in the playoffs a few years yeah. ago. That yeah. no call that poor Tanner. Fucked it. But still if he does, from that right. If that play happens in the first quarter, maybe people are just kind of like, hey, Man. they missed that call. That sucks. But where it was in that point of the game, those are times that you have to lock in. You can't miss and calls. Especially like that. Dude, I will, so blatant, too. That yeah. was I will say That's this. I'm still bitter. Like, yes, dude, we lost to Jacksonville, right? Blew one of the biggest leads in playoff history. But the fucking refs, how do you miss a call? Where Joey Bosa is being hugged around the face, and you don't call a fucking hold on the offense, completely change the course of the game. And then, then you flag him for unsportsmanlike conduct when he told a ref he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> Just like, dude, that's that's where like you get into that those also, like theories yeah. of like, man, I think, I think, I think these refs, I think it's willful ignorance on their part in some cases where they just they'll just miss a call intentionally well well, you also have to look at i watched that that documentary about that ref in the nba that was fixing games they should do some shit where they if they go back during instant replay and see a blatant hold they change that after the you got to call that shit, man. They challenge pass interference on plays now. They need to challenge fucking holds too. Like, yeah, I think I, I think, think that's it's the next so thing hard that for they'll... holds. Yeah, because well, it, I, I you can argue it almost every every play. play. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to adopt what the XFL did, which is you get Challenging two challenges calls. a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss calls or calls you can challenge. as they should because man you can't there's some there are some instances dude where you cannot leave that in the hands of a fucking ref like like it, it's still to me like I I still have not gotten over how fucking Joey Bosa was held by his face the entire play 
I mean, he's throwing his hands up in front of the fucking ref. I don't know how much more apparent he can make it. And it's a no call. That's terrible. Like, that's terrible. Well, I think that's that's why I was trying to pivot into what that ref was saying in that documentary about how he was fixing games. The the league will be like, hey, you need to watch this, this game, and that's what they focus on. Or, hey, this guy's giving me too much shit, so if he does this or he does that, I'm going to call it on him because he's giving me too much shit. They're, they're very influenced off of emotions, and I'm not saying that it's right or it's fair because you need to be unbiased to that position. You need to control the game so it's not chaotic, but they definitely, especially hearing how that guy talked and he was fixing games, well, not fixing games, but betting on games and calling them as such. Like he said, yeah, Allen Iverson used to piss me off and get on my nerves, so I would keep calling carries on him. But you're not going to call that against Michael Jordan. Right. Like and he it says it. Yeah, it's. I, I think 100% in the middle, in like the mix of a game or something, if – if somebody says some shit to you that's just crazy, regardless if you missed a call or not, that just influences how you call them the rest of the game. Yes. It happens in almost all sports. So you're gonna have a problem that, with them. Well, that's that's why you see the same player over and over get uh, like attacked with stuff like that. For instance, mm-hmm. I feel like TJ Watt has held on every single other play down the stretch of games when we play the Bengals, when mm-hmm. we played uh, the Bills, or anyone like that down the stretch mm-hmm. of games. He's getting held like crazy, and they don't call it. And I've heard him mic'd up in some of the shit that he said to the ref, and I kind of understand it where I'm like, they're doing it because you just called him a bitch or something, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I also think that hit him being as fiery as a player as he is, as as well as like Joey Bosa, the, it, it rubs refs the wrong way. They need to mm-hmm. just get the fuck over it. And they need to start doing stuff where they run the numbers. And when you can see a consistency of a certain thing, like Joey Bosa is flagged. Yeah, Yeah, he's flagged X amount of more times when this guy is the head official versus Mm. X, Y, and Z. You got to either figure out why or you have to make sure homie does not ref Joey Bosa games anymore. Yeah, you I know. mean the big one of the big indicators that I remember is the the difference of how Michael Vick would get called getting hit in the pocket and Cam Newton versus <laughs> you know a pocket quarterback. The, Cam Newton was mic'd up and he told Ed Hockey that he was like, "Yo, he hit me in my helmet." He was like, "You're not getting that call." Straight yeah. up told him. Well, and he said he said you're not getting that call. You're too big. So the yeah. fuck what? It don't matter. Doesn't matter. They'll, 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 they'll call that for Pat. Pat gets out and runs. Yeah. So does Josh Allen. They protect yep. the shit out of those guys. Do you think yeah, yeah. in the uh, in the AFC hit, hit Joe Burrow game, hard if you want to, motherfucker? Yeah, you're yeah you'll never play. Yeah, you'll never play like, in the league again. Well, That's, think of that play that Pat Mahomes ran out of bounds on, where that guy he pushed him, but he was also trying to catch his balance at the same time, and they threw the flag for uh, unnecessary roughness. Does Cam Newton in his well, prime get that call? Fuck no. It's it's easy to look at games and see it. Last year, Pittsburgh started a rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, and he got fucking obliterated. He slid, and DeMar Hamlin, God rest his soul, smashed him, and <laughs> they didn't throw a flag. And it's because he's a rookie quarterback, and they're like, ah, he's not Josh Allen. But Josh yeah. Allen running at, what, six foot six, 260, 255 pounds, ducking his head and shit, if he lowering slides, the crown of his helmet. Yeah, if you if he slides and you jump over him and your foot hits his cleat, they're throwing a fifteen yarder. It's just yeah. it's it's so Enough's it's enough. so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy when you look at it and 
you can listen to commissioners say things like the reason that certain people get calls or we change the rule in this favor is because we wanted to let their talent shine more because kids want to see that and they're basically saying this sells we don't give a fuck we know who yeah. our star players are it's We're still an organization Bro, yeah. i can't remember the last time a flag got thrown against the team for hitting lamar jackson like, I can't. Nah, no, because a lot up. of refs will view him as a runner. They're like, you're a receiver or a running back whenever you break the second level. So we're going to treat you as such. Yeah. That's how they right. treat him. That's, that's exactly how they treat him. That's how they treat – There's just it's just certain quarterbacks because, like, like Phillip Rivers was never protected. They, yeah. they, they were like, hey, That's because he had a us. mouth on him, though. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm he saying. He had a spicy-ass attitude. <laughs> He'd be like, Dad Gummit, you missed it. It, it's, it. it irritates the stew out of me. And yeah, they'd be like, This guy. I mean, the funniest one was ever he threw that touchdown pass and he's like in Yannick Ngakwe's face. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. 95 yards, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I And I, Yannick was like, Yo, okay, yeah, like I get it. He was brushing him off. He was like, you, <laughs> Yeah. And Ngakwe went to the ref. He's like, Do you not hear this? Like, yeah. like get about my Y'all going to say something? He's like, yeah, he's right in my face. He yeah, said, well, I'm just happy about my team scoring. That's all. Yeah. They, you, the they they show uh Philip ran up to him after the game and, and Gakwa was just like, Hey, don't do that shit again. Philip was like, I'm sorry, man. I was just in the middle of the heat of battle, and you know, I'll never do anything to dish you. Yeah. Cause he knew Yannick and Gakwa <laughs> would beat his ass, but like the protection is just so different. I mean, think of this last year in college football and in the NFL with the new rule of using your body weight to bring a player, a quarterback down, and how many egregious calls we saw with that because the refs don't know the difference. Well, well, the body weight thing I thought had already been there. I thought they changed the rule so that you couldn't, like, if you if the quarterback sidesteps you and you grab them by, like, the hips, pause, and you <sighs> sling them, you can't <sighs> sling them. You have to just yeah. pull them down on you. And it's it's yeah. that shit doesn't make any sense to me yeah. because it's so they don't call it every because obviously we just watched Tua die and throw yes. up every set in the and yeah, he it's same thing. He got slung he got slung and they yeah. were like, ah, fuck him. Fuck that Polynesian bastard. And then you watch somebody <laughs> not even do it against uh Tom Brady last year. <laughs> and because it's Tom Brady, they're throwing every flag that they have and it's it's very well, obvious. And it also allows quarterbacks that extra little split second to either get rid of the ball or throw it out of bounds if they're outside of the pocket versus just like making a form tackle. The the body weight thing, the, using all of your body weight to bring somebody down was crazy because there was one, it was like a form tackle, and they were like, nope, you came down on them too hard. Yeah. And that could change the course of a game. It's so yeah. – murky but i think a lot of refs didn't know how to call it in real time once you see the replay you're like what the fuck but in yeah. real time they just they can't tell the difference yeah, every, which... everything looks egregious in slow motion it looks yes. everything looks terrible and you're like how the fuck does he but it's because it's in slow motion but again yeah. like i said i watched an interview this is nba but i watched an interview where i think kevin garnett was talking to adam silver and he was asking him like hey are we ever going to get back to a point to where we can be, there's a little bit more physicality on the defensive end and blah, blah. And he flat out told him, I've seen what Steph Curry can do. I don't think that he can do that as much if it's super physical, like it used to be. And he couldn't do it as much. And 
the style of play that we play sells more tickets. And that's saying yeah. like that he's literally saying Steph Curry is a great player, but the rules change because we had, we wanted him to be an even greater player. And they do yeah. that same shit in the fucking NFL. Yeah, I mean, a lot of players that have came from Europe or you know Australia or wherever else they come from, they get drafted. They all say the same thing: it's easy in the NBA. Luka Doncic was like, it, "It's it's so much easier than me playing overseas." Victor Wimbin Yamama, however you say his last name, he was like, "It's not as physical. It's not as hard as I thought it was going to be." Playing in two summer league games, and that first one he was god awful, but the second one he yeah. like balled out. I would yeah, also easy. say that's summer league too. That's not. But I think yeah, the pace of the game is different. The pace of the it game is, is different. The physicality different. is different. The, I. So and I've heard people like JJ Redick. I listen to his podcast and stuff, and they'll defend newer style play of it's still physical. The difference is, is back in the day, everyone had someone that was super physical. Now it's so spread out to where you have like your Draymonds or the the Bucks defensive team as a whole, where yeah. there are certain players that are physical, but other teams there's nobody physical with the physical bone. Like you look at the Lakers roster for the past two, three, four years. We didn't have anyone that was super physical on defense or really even on offense. So there's no physicality at all. The most physicality is LeBron, and yeah. that's on offensive end. On defense, LeBron is sleeping. He's talking to Jay-Z and all – yeah, he's not doing shit on defense. But on the offensive end, Bron does initiate contra- uh, contact. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's – you see I that shit say, like, where <laughs> there was a guy who was a former NBA player, and I cannot remember his name, but – he was like, "Is is LeBron in your?" And it was a wild, it was a wild take that this guy had. But he was like, "Is LeBron in your top ten? He said, "Absolutely not." Oh he yeah, said, is, I've seen he, that is he like, "Is he in your top 50? He said, "No." He said, "He's not even in my top one hundred. He's like, they took the physicality out of the game. He said, "LeBron," he said, "LeBron James can't shoot very well." He said, "LeBron James to me is like Sean Kemp." Ooh. Yeah, I, I seen that, and uh, y'all's homeboy Anthony, he he heard it. Obviously, he be calling LeBron King, so you know how he feels about him. Um, and he was like, he was hot, like he was real hot. He was like, man, motherfuckers just doing shit like that. I'm like, look, bro, I'm not gonna sit here and say LeBron isn't one of the greatest uh, to play. And if you have him as your goat, by all means, I'm never gonna think that's a stupid take. But when people say stuff like LeBron's not a good shooter, he's not a good free throw shooter, he's not very good on defense, he just blocks shots. Uh, from the from help side, like that kind of stuff that is facts. I you you can't just say you can't like you can't dismiss it because you can't write that off as hogwash, yeah. dude. Like yeah. it's the game literally changed when yeah. they changed the rules of the game for him. It's just like, oh man, then that gets me into this thing, dude. This is gonna sound like some hater shit, right? But I was at my daughter's basketball game and I saw some, some middle school age kids, like seventh, eighth grade, dude, they put up nothing. I was telling my wife, I was like, watch this. They put up (laughs) nothing but three point shots, no mid range, no, like none of that dude, all three pointers. And they missed all of them. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, man, dude, Steph Curry, he ruined basketball, man. Because now everybody thinks they can go fucking shoot. Thanks. I remember I remember when, when I was at Wellston, when I was a sophomore, 
we had a coach named Rick McCormick. He had come from the college ranks. I don't know how he ended up in Wellston, but the dude was an amazing coach. Like, as far as his ability to get the best out of his players, dude, I remember there would be games where we would have guys on the team, they'd shoot. They shoot something deep and miss, and I remember like being like there in the huddle, and he would sit, he would straight up telling me, "You shoot that shot again, I'm gonna pull you. You ain't gonna play again." Like, oh, yeah. it's like, what is going on, dude? Where like everyone thinks they can pull threes, and that wasn't the first time I watched that happen. Like, I've gone to the cube, I've been at the Y watching, like you know, watching kids play and put up shots, and dude, they don't. None of them. None of them attack the basket. None of them have, like, a move to where they can, like, post up, back, hit, like, hit a bank shot. Like, none of that. They all want to shoot threes. Live and die by the three-point shot, dude. You know, well, it's, you know what's crazy, too, is – It's gross. The, the, thing, the thing with it, Steph, Steph is the, the face of it, but he always tells people the reason that he does that is because that's – that's like, he, he – he excelled at it. He's actually good at it. Like he can shoot the fuck out of the ball. If he wasn't a good shooter, he wouldn't just do anything besides shoot. And then also I could feel as I got older, I could feel the, the, like the flow of the game changing. I can remember walking the ball up the court, running a set, making sure the ball gets to X, Y, Z before there's a shot. I could, I remember that in high school, college basketball, not as much in the, in the NBA, but I can remember teams not running with the pace that's so crazy. Uh, after the year after I graduated, when Coach L came to Chandler, that that's whenever it was get the get the rebound and push the ball up the court and and whatever. So I could see the pace starting to change, but nothing made it change like like because there were teams that ran with the pace like that even in the in the like back in the day. But Steph Curry is him and like I remember Jimmer. Because Jimmer was doing yeah. shit like that, and it's just kids want to do it so much because they see it, but they don't understand that they shouldn't be doing that, and coaches don't correct that. And it sounds maybe we're just old as shit. No, we're not. Well, we are, but no, we're not. If if you're doing something that's not working, then don't if don't do that. If you're hitting ten for ten from deep, by all means, bro, keep keep yeah. chucking. But if you're one of 13. You know if y'all made fucking stop. six trips down and back on the floor and you put up six shots and didn't make any, maybe it's time to actually, instead of running ISO, because that's another thing that I've watched a lot in basketball. ISO, ISO pick and roll. ISO pick and roll. Yep. Four yep. out. It's that, four out. One dude hanging down in the, like, in the high post to set a screen to attack yep. the basket, and it's not fucking happening. They're gonna slash, try to kick it to a guy. Like there, it's it's it. That's what it is. It's like it's it's four man out offense, and it's yeah. like, dude, that shit, that shit might work at the NBA because those guys are at the highest level. But like high school ranks, what are y'all doing? Like what is <laughs> middle school? Like these these kids, man. Yeah, just like just a terrible shooting form. Feet aren't under them. Some of them don't even leave their feet to put up a shot. It's like it's like a half jump. Somebody their their coaches that, yeah. have been doing them a disservice. Like something that I noticed too. I went and played in my alumni basketball game in Wellston back in May, and bro, 
I've, I don't think I've ever been more frustrated in my aging than I was playing that game because there was, you know, two or three kids. This one kid took three dribbles in from half court and put it up, hit, 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 hit the side of the rim. And I remember saying to him, I was like, man, nobody's saying that you can't shoot, but that's just stupid. And uh, he was like, yo, man, yeah, my shot's just off. I was like, no, your shot's off. You ain't got a shot. I was like, bro, <laughs> you up to that? Like, yeah, I was like, your shot's off. I'm like, okay. I said, if we lose, it's solely because y'all keep shooting threes. Dude, okay, okay. So here's something, here's something that we can get into now, all right? So – my daughter, my oldest daughter, she plays she plays basketball. And, of course, it's Y-League. You know, mommy and daddy pay, get a spot, you can play on the team or whatever, right? But they're, they're, I, think, I think her coach does an amazing job of connecting with the players that are focused and want to learn how to play the game of basketball, right? Yeah. These are, these are young girls, you know, uh, 9, 10 years old, right? But my daughter, and I think this is a thing that's a problem with all kids in that, in that generation, where they think that they're fine as is. They don't need to work on shit. They don't need, they don't need your help, right? Mm-hmm. So I tell my wife Friday, I'm like, hey, you know, because my barber's an AAU basketball coach. I was like, hey, I'm going to take, take our daughter and we're going to go watch girls in her age group play. So we went to PC North, went to this AAU tournament. You know, I fucking paid $25 to go to this game. And we get there, and I'm like, Aubrey, I need you to watch. I need you to watch these girls and see what they do. Dude. She was like, I don't want to watch this. This is dumb. This is stupid. I said, no, look at what they're doing. These AAU girls, I said, you need to think about this. These girls are your age, if not younger than you. And they are calling for balls. They are running plays. They are communicating, dribbling, crossover, posting up, boxing people out. I was like, these are all things that you have to be able to do in order to play the game, Mm -hmm. in order to grow and develop in the game. Of course, she's all pissed off. You know what I mean? And I was like, and did you not see how that coach communicated with his players? That coach was, dude, that coach was fucking screaming at his players if they weren't doing what he told them to do. He's, hey, box out. (laughs) Get back on defense. Yeah, you can't have an ego if you're nine or ten years old either, you know. But those girls. coachable. But that's the thing. Like, I think that's a struggle now with coaches is it's almost like it's almost like parenting, man. It's like a fine line in between what people consider to be like coaching or parenting or abuse. Right. Yep. And I think that's the deal, man. We're in such a time and place where everyone's so freaking soft. And sensitive, like I think some of these coaches, they just don't say shit because they don't want to lose their job. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, because that's their lose. livelihood at the end of the day. So, yep. like, but like I, like I, like I, like I try to tell my daughter, and I tell like my son because he plays football. Is, hey man, 
I don't remember any of the coaches that were soft and meek and timid and real, like, you know, real gentle. I remember the coaches that would catch me taking a playoff. You know, God rest his soul, man, Dickie Smith. I remember one time I loafed on a play, was lazy. I remember we called timeout. He pulled me to the side and just ever so gently put his hand on my shoulder pads. And he said, if I ever see you take a fucking playoff again, you will never play for me, ever. And I, I could just see he was dead serious when he said yeah. that, too. And I was like, all right, coach, okay. you got it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, yeah. and, I never, and I never took a playoff after that. It Like, these coaches, they're hard on you, and they – and they stay on you, dude, because they see your potential and they know how good you can be. And I know some players are hard-headed. God knows I was. But you have to be able to be coached. Yo. Take your pride in your ego and your feelings. Put those to the wayside and understand that these people are taking time out of their day that they could be spending with their kids or their wife or their grandkids to coach you and make you the best player that you can be. They're not comparing you to anyone else. They want you to be the best version of you and they know when you're bullshitting. So, you know, I'll, I say this to say, man, you coaches that are hard and you actually know how to coach, and be their coach, not their fucking friend. Shout out to y'all because y'all are a rare breed now, and I see it every day in sports. Facts. I think every I think a lot of it too. Not to get too crazy with it, but I, I think a lot of that on coaches too is coaches are afraid because if they feel like if they do do that, they have too much parent uh, comeback of you yeah. tell a kid, oh, yeah. hey, if you don't do that, you're you're not playing again. And then a parent, hey, don't nobody yell. And that come, that goes down to parents needing to take the titty out of their kid's mouth to Absolutely. do that, allow things to make them tough, uh, mm-hmm. tougher. There's a difference, like you said, in between getting onto someone who's not doing something uh, that they're supposed to do and giving them the responsibility that they need and, and holding them uh, accountable for it in sports like that's something that they need so that they go into the real world and they practice the same thing whenever parents get in the way of that their kids become little smug assholes who entitled whatever yeah they think they can do whatever they want they think they can talk to people however the fuck they want to so it's also comes down to i think some some of it is kids that are just bad and they don't want to listen and if, if you yell at them they melt down and they never want to do this again because they hate adversity and then some of it comes down to parenting and where you you yell at a certain kid or a couple kids and their parents come down and it's almost a fight so you feel why am i going to risk my yeah. job and my livelihood for this kind of the, shit so the problem there too is i think far too often parents nowadays there are there are people who were raised like us who were raised by our parents who were very no-nonsense. We're not going to take any shit off of you. Far too often now, I feel like parents want to be their kid's friend first. Yeah, And that's something that I've had to explain to my kid. Like, hey, listen, we can get along. We can be friendly. But I'm not your friend. I'm your dad, first and foremost. Nope. 
like we can be friendly. We can we can have one of those relationships, but there has to be a level of respect that we have in between each other. Like you're not going to talk to me like I'm one of your friends. <laughs> One of the things that kills me now, dude, is like I've heard I've heard my kid call me bro. Like, dude, <laughs> hey, listen, 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 buddy. I'm not your fucking bro. All right. <laughs> I mean, dad, you, you're going to you're going to give me that level of respect that is expected in between a child and their parent, because. That's that's where the lines get blurred, man, yep. and you let and you and you let them do that long enough and you indoctrinate them to think that way, then they will go and play sports for a coach who was raised the same way we were, and you're going to call them bro, and they're going to get in your fucking ass. <laughs> Facts. Hey, my kid and they're going to bench you, and you're never going to play. Yeah, and you're going to think it's because they have some kind of – A like, vendetta issue. against yeah. you, and, and that's like, not no, the you're case. Just shit. Yeah, it's, it's also, like like you said – Back in the day, and it, I don't know, maybe it is from, because of where we're from. No, I ain't going to say that because even like high schools up here, I do see it at times. It just depends on like the people that are around. But I can remember doing stuff on like football field or basketball court where my parents catch it or somebody else's parent catch it. And even if it's just ever so slightly as I'm going to the locker room, hey, don't do that shit again. Like that, yeah. like you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Don't do that shit again. Like that, I, I like just having that around me was like it was it was because if I was fucking up, a lot of the time I didn't want to admit I was fucking up. But if somebody said it, then I would be like, okay. If somebody else around me was fucking up, it was the same thing. So uh, I I think that like having that around and allowing that to be okay. Like if so, if my kids are fucking up and someone is just like, hey, you don't need to do that. Like I'm fine with it. I don't. I'm not going to yeah. be like, hey, bro, don't fucking talk. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to trip the fuck out for that. Now, if you grab him and shit, yeah, you might get knocked the fuck out. But yeah, you put hands on my kid. Yeah. We're talking about something different. But like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, like a case in point, dude, there were times, man, I remember being a, being a shit heel during a game or like a scrimmage or whatever. And I would see, I would see Brandon's dad, who I looked up to as a father figure, man. I remember like, you know, coming off the field, and he'd be like, hey, don't be talking shit. Just play the game. <laughs> Shut up and play ball. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right, Jimbo. I got you. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's because, like, man, there's a, you know, there's a certain way to, to do things, man. Like, and those parents, too, like, these kids got to understand, man, they, whether you realize it in the moment or not, You'll end up thanking them for that one day when you get older because they were looking out for your best interest. Yep. You know, and I think, I think now, man, to see, to see people like that, man, it's very rare, man. People are, people are, people are scared to do that, man. They're, they're, they're afraid that like there's some kind of consequence to face for doing the right thing, man. And if, my deal is, dude, is like if my if my kid, is, I would rather, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a certain way to do it, right? But you know, as long as it's in a manner that I that I would find to be acceptable, then like we can accept that. But like, yeah, you know, snatching someone else's kid off the field and cussing them out, like, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> but tell them like, hey, you know, 
Are we talking shit, man? Just play the game. <laughs> Get your shit together. Yeah. Don't worry about that shit. Don't worry about talking shit. Like, let them do it, and y'all just beat the shit out of them. And then at the end of the game, you win, they lose. They got to go home and go to sleep with, at night with that shit. So I've heard, I've heard that quite a bit. But, fellas, we've been going a little bit. Uh, go ahead and wrap it up. I gotta get ready to go to a birthday party. Uh, shout sure. out to Little Ray. But um, is there anything y'all want to leave the people with? No, man. Just happy to be back, dude. And you know, I feel like we're in a place now where we can we can keep it consistent. I know life is a life is a is an ever ever changing thing. But man, I'm 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 happy to be here, man. I'm blessed. I enjoy y'all's enjoy y'all's time and company, man. And you know. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going, man. Yeah, same, same. Isaiah. Nah, I got nothing, man. Same thing for me. All right, and just like that, we'll be back to y'all whenever we back. Uh, look out for any new episodes. As always, like, follow, leave us reviews. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Everybody about it. All right. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you don't want to hear. Text us. Call us. Do whatever the fuck you want to, bro. But we will be back. We out. Peace. Peace.